Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, thank you. You can sit down. <laughs> so I'm so excited to be with you tonight. Honestly, I have to tell you, I was, I would, do you ever like listen to messages throughout your week? Do you ever do that? You should do that. Elevate Life Church has like a YouTube. You can listen to messages. And I was just listening to a message throughout the week. And I was really inspired. And it's what really inspired this message that I believe is from God for us tonight. And if you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is just invitation. Just invitation, okay? I think a lot of times in our life we can feel like we're going through stuff, but we're not making progress. Have you ever felt that way? Like you're going through stuff, but you're like, am I getting anywhere? A lot of times I can feel this way. Sometimes I feel like I'm going backwards. <laughs> like whenever I'm going through something, I'm like, I'm not actually making progress forward. I'm actually, I'm like going backwards here. And I want to encourage you with the scripture. In Psalms 37, 23, it says, A person's steps are directed by the Lord, and the Lord delights in his way. No matter where you're going, if you're following God, you can know that your steps are ordered by him. It doesn't mean that you're always going to get things right. It doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect all the time. But what you can know is that God is with you. And you may not understand what you're going through, but I want to give you a perspective on how we can actually position ourselves and approach things. um, And like a perspective we can have on God, and it's going to help you win faster. That's what I believe. I don't know about you, but like I want to win faster in my life. I don't want to just like know something and I'm like, Oh, like I know the truth, but the truth's not working for me. You know, I always think of the scripture, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. What's well, the truth that you're actually believing to know that's either going to set you free or keep you bound? And so I think a lot of times in our life, we're not winning as fast as we would like because we're not believing in the truth that's God's truth. We're believing in our truth that we see, that we feel, that we know. And so... I just want to kind of go down this thought process here with me. I'm like kind of an interactive person. I can't really do this a lot on Sundays, but I'll probably like talk to you. So there's like not a wall between us. We're like all people in this room so we can talk, okay? (laughs) But for me, I think so many times I've asked God, like, God, help me get out of this. God, help me, help me to be done with this. Help, help deliver me from this. Have you ever done that before? You're like, God, help me get out of this situation, Yeah, so I think a lot of times we can say, like, God, help me get out of debt, help me get out of pain, help me get out of trouble, help me get out of hard times. I was asking Mish, uh, what else do we ask God to help us get out of? And she was like, a ticket. I was like, that's good, God, help me get out of this ticket. You know, (laughs) we could ask God for those kind of things. But instead of focusing on getting out, the whole point of my message tonight is, what if we invited God into our situation? I think it's really, really frequent. And it's, it's common for us to think, well, God, deliver me. God, get me out. But what if God has you there for a reason? And what if we're doing it on our own and we don't have to? And we're sitting there going, God, why am I here? God, why am I going through this? Why is this happening? And he's like, invite me in and I can help you. Invite me in and I can show you the way to victory faster than you trying to figure it out on your own. 
I found myself so many times in situations where I'm asking why. I'm like, God, why? What are you doing? And he's not, like, invited in that moment there with me. So, therefore, I'm just trying to, like, instead of moving forward, I'm like, God, what's happening? What are you doing? And he's like, let me in. Invite me into this so that I can actually lead you. And so, sometimes it's not, you don't get your miracle in, like, being delivered from something or getting out of something. What if the miracle that God has for you is inside of where you're trying to get out? If I look at the Bible, most of the miracles that God does, most of the amazing things he does were in the middle of adversity. But somehow we think when we're in adversity, we're like, this is, this can't be, God's not, no. (laughs) What if we started praying instead of asking God to deliver us or get us out? What if we started praying God, can you come into this situation in my marriage? Can you come into the situation with my child? Can you come into the situation in my job, in my life, in my health? Because guess what? The Bible tells us this, but I like to picture it this way. The Bible says that he stands at the door and he knocks. I like to picture it like we have the handle to open the door and he's just waiting for us to let him in. It's not that he can't intervene. It's not that he doesn't want to intervene, but we have the choice of what we follow in our life. We have the choice of what we listen to, what we let lead us, where we go. So we have the choice to let God have the authority in our life. So you can ask God, God, come into this hospital room. Come into my job. Come into my anxiety. Come into my marriage. You know, I want to ask you this question. What's more powerful than God bringing you out? It's when God actually comes in and begins to change things in the middle of what's not working. In the middle of what is not what you like in the middle of what's hurtful. God's oftentimes trying to do something in the middle of the difficulty, but we're trying to get out of the difficulty. And he's like, no, I'm trying to do something there. And miracles are only miracles because God moved in adversity. Miracles don't just happen. You're like, wow, that's a miracle. No, there was some kind of adversity. There was some kind of trouble. And God did something impossible. That's what makes it a miracle. God can come in and give you favor, grace, peace. And when you're going through something and something should have stopped you, all of a sudden you have what the Bible says of a peace that passes all understanding. Why does the Bible say that? Because it doesn't make sense. Why would you have peace right now? Why would you have peace? Because God's involved. And when God's involved, we know that when you're with him, it might not be how you think it's going to be, but you're going to win. Clap for God. (laughs) So when you're only focused on God bringing you out, you will always be disappointed. You'll always be discouraged until it changes. Because you're focused on getting out. You're focused on it changing and stopping. Because I think a lot of times, like, we have this limited view. You know, the Bible tells us his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. We have this limited view. So, like, let's just play out a scenario here. You're in your job. Say you don't have a great relationship with your boss. You're like, God, I need a new job or give me a new boss. But what if he's trying to do something inside of you under that boss? What if he's trying to work out something in you and there's something there for you? God may have a plan and a purpose inside of where you are right now. And instead of asking him to deliver you or get you out, what if we started saying, God, come in. And we said, God, what do you want to do in me? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? We're waiting for God to bring us out, and he's waiting for us 
to invite him in. When you invite him into where you are, you can be at rest because you know he's with you no matter what. When you invite God in, you're saying, God, don't just change my circumstance, change me. It takes maturity to do that because it's easy to treat God like a genie and say, God, fix this, do this now. By Tuesday, I need this to happen. Thank you, God. The pastor said this, but we have a part to play. That's what happens when you have a relationship. We're not just living out a religion. We have a relationship with God. So that means like we get to take action. He takes action. He's not going to force his way upon us. We get to choose to invite him in. You know, Pastor Key says, don't just go through it, grow through it. I don't want to just go through life. Do you guys just want to go through life? No. How often do you see people around you and you're like, I don't even know if they've ever grown. I don't know if they've ever changed. They are the same yesterday and today and forever. Maybe getting worse, you know. <laughs> like if you don't have a growth mindset, I will tell you, you will grow, but it will be in the negative. Growth happens both ways. And by default, it happens in the negative. By design, it happens in the positive. So whenever you are in a situation, when you invite God in, you're saying, God, I want to grow through what I'm going through. I don't want to just be in this and be like, thank you, God, you delivered me, and then never change or get better. I want to constantly be improving, constantly being better. If God delivered us out of everything instantly, we would never reach our highest potential. He works in the trouble and in the discomfort. Sometimes God's okay with the odds being against us because it shows how powerful he is. When the miracle happens, in Isaiah 43, 2, we see here that God's talking to Jacob. And he says, you will pass through the deep waters, but I will be with you. You will pass through the rivers, but their waters will not sweep over you. You will walk through the fire, but you will not be burned. The flames will not harm you. God didn't say you won't have to face fire, water, or a flood. He said, I will be with you in it. Sometimes we think, well, God... I I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be facing these things. Well, if you read the Bible, it actually says if you're a Christian, you're going to face a lot more because you're going to be hated. But the cool thing is, is that we're not alone. We don't have to do life alone. We don't have to figure it out on our own. And guess what? You don't even have to fight to win all the time. All you have to do is walk with God into the victory. So are you trying to get out of something right now that God's trying to bring you through? Because is it a greater testimony to be that God brought you out or that God brought you through? The testimonies that I hear that inspire me the most, that change me the most, are the ones where I see that people went through something and they were better on the other side. They saw God move on the other side. It's always on the other side. <laughs> right? I, if someone's like, oh, yeah, I thought this was going to happen, but then it didn't. You're like, oh, okay, cool. And that's it. <laughs> But then when we see God move, it can be a life-changing thing that we, it changes even us to hear it. In Psalms 23, 4, David's talking to God and he says, Even if I walk through a very dark valley, I will not be afraid because you are with me. Your rod and your shepherd's staff comfort me. So what he's saying here is when you know God's with you, you don't have to be in fear. You can stay in peace. You don't have to be peaceless or get stuck in hurt. You will have praise, peace, and faith in the midst of the storms in your life. When you know who your God is, you can say, oh, it might look like this right now. They might be saying this right now. The doctors might have told me this right now, but I know God has the final say. I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians, 
in America, they hear what the news says, they hear what their peers are saying, they hear what, what their family's saying, and they get freaked out. Why are you putting that voice in the place of God's voice in your life? You're letting it direct your emotions. You're letting it direct your decisions. You know, I was even looking at things that were happening in the stock market based on the election. And I'm like, that's crazy. Like, literally, like, the decisions and numbers that are happening are affecting what people are doing. And it's just this big cycle. But guess what? We don't fall into that cycle with God. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether the economy's down or the economy's great. Like, we built this church in the worst economy because God was with us. Because God was for us. That's why it's so amazing. It's not because we have all this money. It's because God was with us. So, you know, I look at this story in the Bible that a lot of us might be familiar with. It's in Daniel 3, 8 through 25. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're thrown into the fire. Have you guys heard this story before? So I just want to point out a few things. You probably already know the story, but basically Nebuchadnezzar, he's asking them to bow down before him to worship these false gods. And they're trying to like build up his ego. And so they had brought in these Israelites who they had trained and they were the top of the top. And they were like, get these guys to bow to you. And then like, you're good. But they knew they were testing them. So what happens is, is that they say, we're not going to bow to you. And this is what they say in verse 17 through 18. We might be thrown into the blazing furnace, but the God we serve is able to bring us out alive. He will save us from your power. But we want you to know this, your majesty. They were so respectful. Even if you knew that our God wouldn't save us, we, would, we still wouldn't serve your gods. We wouldn't worship the gold statue you set up. Now, when I look at this story, you got to know a few things. He had their hands tied. Don't know why you need to tie their hands when you're throwing them in a fire, but had their hands tied. Then he got so upset that they said what they said that he turned up the fire seven times hotter. So their response to the king was they weren't going to bow down. They were willing to die to, like, stay true to God. And they all of a sudden, like, were walking around the fire, and he sees this fourth man. And he asks, didn't we, didn't we tie them up? Didn't, weren't there only three? Like, sidebar, he put his guards, like, the biggest, baddest guards that he had to throw them in the fire. And they died from just throwing them in the fire. So just to kind of give you a picture of this here, they're now walking around in the fire, hands untied with now another person. And I started thinking about why did God allow the fire to be seven times hotter? Because it was an even greater testimony of his power. And he was with them in the fire. Have you thought about actually inviting God into your trouble and not just talking to him about your trouble and asking him to fix it? They had already decided, they had predetermined what their response would be even if God didn't do what they wanted him to do. We wouldn't know God's power if we never faced hard times. And if we never went through anything, we wouldn't be able to see him move. I think the greatest things that I've been able to talk to people about in my life is when God moved. I know God's character because I've seen him move. He can't, he can't just move in big ways when, when like, nothing's happening. <laughs> Right? Like it's like, oh, I'm blessed. Yay, blessing. Yeah. No, we are able to see the greatness of God when there is opposition. Now, we don't want opposition to happen. It's not fun. But the cool thing about God is like he can make you fireproof. He can come with you into the fire if you invite him in. God's in control of not just your life. He is in control of what's allowed to happen in your life. He doesn't make things happen, but he's in control of your enemies. He gives them limits. And it's all for your good. God allows difficulty because it has a purpose. He doesn't cause it, but he uses these things for a purpose in our life so that he can show you and the whole world who he is. 
even if it doesn't work out the way you want it to, we can be like these three men and we can say, I will still praise you, God. That's the true test that we have to pass with God, is if he doesn't do what we want him to do, when we want it to do him, is he still good to you? Do you still trust him? Do you still follow him? Or do you treat him like a genie? Like you don't do what I want, I'm throwing the lamp away. <laughs> we put conditions on our praise and on our prayer. We're like, God, when you deal with them, I will praise you. What about if he doesn't deal with them and you still praise him because he has a plan? What if he's using that thing, that person, that situation to refine you? In Psalms 46, 1 through 3, we see it says, God is our place of safety. He gives us strength. He is always there to help us in times of trouble. In the future, in the middle of what seems like trouble, when you invite God in, you find that God goes with you. You're not alone. You don't have to figure it out. All you have to do is be willing to follow him. In Exodus 33, 12 through 14, we see that Moses is talking to God about where he was leading him. He's like, God, you've asked me to lead these people. Now what do you want me to do? And God replies to him. He says, I will go with you and I will give you rest. How good is that? That God's not just going to go with us, but he's going to give us rest. Because we know the journey is going to take something from us. So your obstacles, they may be too much for you, but they're not too much for God. So why are we trying to do our life alone? Why are we trying to fix our situations on our own? Why are we trying to figure out the answers to our marriage on our own? God wants to help you win in the impossible situations. If your situation, uh, like I, I think about these guys in the Bible, if their situation would have been different, if, if they would have been told, hey, you're going to be thrown into the fire, and they're like, God, why did you put me in this place? If they complained, if they whined, if they got negative, I don't know if we would be talking about them today. If they would have blamed God, what if they wouldn't have invited him in? How we approach our hard times is very telling of the outcome that we're going to have. The story here, it tells us they came out not even smelling like smoke. How often do we go through something and everyone can see it? We wear our past, our hurts, our problems, it's all over us. We carry it with us like a stench. The story also says that the three men were bound in the fire, but when the fourth man showed up in the fire, their hands were free. God may allow you to go through the fire, but he will only use it to burn off what has held you back. Dysfunction, fear, limitations, negativity, you're going to come out free. Pastor Keith said this weekend, stuck with me all week, when you change your thinking, you change your life. Many of us think that we're asking God the right thing when we ask him to get us out. We really do. We think we're asking the right thing. But I think the next step that we can really take is entrusting him with the situation, with the adversity and saying, God, I want you here inside of it with me. Maybe you placed me here for a reason. God wants to challenge our natural ways of thinking. And instead of asking for our will to be done, he wants us to invite him in so that God's will can be more important than our own. Can people see that God is with you when you're in hard times? Can, can people see that you're following him? Are you being your best when you can complain? When you have reasons to be negative, when you invite God into your situations, you walk with favor wherever you are. But what if we started thanking God for being with us even before we saw the victory? What if when we're in the middle of it, we started thanking him and saying, God, thank you for what you're doing inside of me. Thank you for what you're doing inside of me. 
not the situation. <laughs> Thank you for what you're doing inside of me. Too often we want God to change our situation and not change us. We're focused on him changing what we can see, what we don't like, but we don't necessarily want him to change us. We're fine. God has already told us what he would do, who he is for us, and yet it's so easy to live worried and upset because what it looks like is not always the, always the way that we thought God said it would happen. But we cannot see things like he does. You may think you're losing, but God sees you winning. And when God is with you, you have no option but to succeed. It just may not look the way you think. You may not be able to understand what God is doing right now, but I want to encourage you tonight that God doesn't allow things that he doesn't have a purpose for. We will never understand all the things that God's doing in and through our life. We think in the natural, he thinks in the supernatural. But trying to solve a supernatural plan with a natural thinking will never work. It will only frustrate you about how you're using your energy to figure it all out. What if instead we use our energy to invite God in and to thank him for what he's doing in the midst of everything? Joel Osteen said this, and I love this. He said, God is not limited by what the experts say. Experts have limits. God does not. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gone to a doctor and they've told me a report. I've been told that I have a terminal illness before. I've been told that this wasn't going to work out and this is the way that it's going to be. And surprisingly, because of... I guess just, you know, what I've poured into myself. It's always surprising, you know, when it comes out of you. It shows you, like, what you've been pouring in. I had this doctor one time tell me, hey, whatever you have, it's terminal, and we're going to work it out, but it's going to be fine. And I said, no, thank you. Don't know why. Just It's what came out of me. And they were like, no, like, I'm here to tell you we need to deal with this. I was like, I understand, but no thank you. I wasn't rude or anything, but I just decided to believe the report of God over what they said, and that's not delusional. I still was going to take care of myself. But my report came back, and they were like, oh, we must have switched up the blood vials. Or God did something, right? <laughs> when you choose to continually honor God in your life, no matter what, you make a way for him to bless you beyond what you deserve. And you will see him move a lot quicker in your life when you place him in the right place of priority. My dad always tells me this. You are your lid. You are the thing stopping you. It's not anybody else. It's not your neighbor. It's not your spouse. It's not your boss. It's not the economy. It's not America. Like, you are your lid. Some of you are frustrated because you don't understand what God's doing and you're upset because you were betrayed. You're discouraged. The contract fell through. You got a bad report. Life's not going how you want it to go. My question for you is how do you know that that's not God leading you to your destiny? Without the betrayal Jesus faced, we wouldn't have salvation. Without the situation in your life right now, you might not see the fullness of what God has set up for you for good. Sometimes we're trying to pray away exactly what God wants to use to take us to the next level. Psalms 138, 7 through 8. This is David talking to God. It says, whenever I walk into trouble, you're there to bring me out. You hold out your hand to protect me against the wrath of my enemies. You hold me safely in your right hand. The eternal will finish what he started in me. Your faithful love, O eternal one, lasts forever. Do not give up on what your hands have made. I can have confidence tonight in knowing that God will work out his plan for my life. I have always thanked God for the open doors in my life, and I'm sure you're the same. Like, you're like, thank you, God, for this open door. Wow, this worked out. Thank you, God. But I've now started thanking God for the closed doors in my life. 
because I don't want anything in my life that's not from God for me. You may not understand how it all fits together, but we have the choice tonight and every day to invite God in. While it may not make sense, you can know that everything is serving his plan. God never said that things will make sense to you. <laughs> he never said that. Side note, I was at a restaurant and I saw these women praying. I was like, that's so sweet. And they were all praying. And this woman, she just said, and Jesus said, we will always be at peace. And she like went on to say something else. And I was like, that's not in the Bible, but that sounds nice. I think sometimes we do that. We're like, well, God said it's going to make sense if it's from him. No, God actually tells us in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, my ways are not your ways. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says walk by faith and not by sight. That tells me that it's not going to make sense to me, but I have to keep going because God knows what he's doing, even when I don't know what he's doing. So just, just really quick tonight, I want to just say a prayer with you because this is for me too. I, I want to work on inviting God in. My default is God help me, God get me out. But I want my default to be God come into where I'm at. Show me what you want to do. Your will, not my own. And I'm going to win a lot faster. You're going to win a lot faster. So tonight, if you just, if you just say, I want to do more of that. I want to invite God in. I just want to pray with you really quick. If you want to raise your hand, we're not going to bow our heads or anything. Just between you and God, God, I want to invite you in. If you can't do it right here, why are you going to do it out there, right? So let's just pray. God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you that they chose to come out to church tonight at the beginning of the month, God. And because they put you as a priority, you're going to put them as a priority. God, I thank you. And the Bible says that when we're faithful, you're faithful. God, but the cool thing is you're not conditional. You're always faithful even when we aren't. So God, I thank you that even tonight, our thoughts and our perspective and our feelings would be changed, that in the moments that we start saying, hey God, take me out of this situation, we would quickly catch ourselves and say, hey God, come into this situation, give me purpose, help me to understand what you're doing. It's never bad to reach out for help, but God, what I know is that you have more for us. You have more than what our natural defaults are. You have more than what we just naturally feel. God, you're always trying to bring us up higher because you wanna do more with our lives. God, you have so much more for us. So I pray tonight that you would give these people that raise their hands wisdom and knowledge and understanding, divine favor with you and divine favor with men. That God, you would open up doors that no man can shut and you would shut doors that aren't for them. God, I thank you that we're gonna see in our life, we're gonna win a lot faster and that we're gonna be a lot less frustrated because we're following you in our situation. We're not just trying to get out of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.